This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring form above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day Beyond 
Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Duranda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, and thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague for our musicians, Eileen Flatten, our reader and provider of the children's message, and thanks again to our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio, 93.1 FM, and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Viola Halgrud in honor and memory of her husband, Pearlie, who uh, passed away on May 1st, 2022, and his birthday is uh, the 27th of June. So uh, she wanted us to remember the fine man that Purdy Halgerud was and the friend he was to many of us. We also want to thank WPCA for this broadcast. Next Sunday our worship will be at 9.30 at Duranda Lutheran and we'll be having on Tuesday uh, also the uh, gather meal and I would welcome all of you to come to church with us on those two events. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross to enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your home worship experience. We are also celebrating <clears throat> communion today. Uh, so you might want to have wine or grape juice or bread or a wafer uh, when we come to that part of the worship. Or have a Bible too to uh, read along with the scripture readings. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, 
we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and a Spirit our breath of life. God's justice and liberation are for all people. God calls us to follow in God's ways. Let us praise our God who frees us. We will sing our praises to God. We confess our sins before God and one another. Holy God, we come before you filled with grief and shame, aware that we have caused harm to others, both directly and indirectly, both by our actions and by our failures to act. We have selfishly sought after our own comfort at the expense of others. We have turned a blind eye to the needs of the oppressed, the brokenhearted, and the prisoners. Forgive us for all the ways we have refused to live in love for you and our neighbor. As God purified Isaiah with fire from the altar, so God takes away all your sin and frees you from the burdens of shame that would prevent you from full participation in God's joyful and abundant reign, now and always, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the weight grows weary and long, oh yes, He cares. I know He cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be Nearly breaks Is this all to him 
Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, Precious Lord, lead me on. When my way Precious Lord, linger near when my life is almost gone. Hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the darkness appears and the night draws near and the day is past and gone at the river i stand guide my feet hold my hand take my hand precious lord lead me home precious lord take my hand lead me on let me stand I am tired I am weak I am worn Through the storm Through the night Lead me on To the light Take my hand Precious Lord Lead me This is the promise of God, to bind up the hearts that were broken with healing instead of their suffering, and hope where there once was distress. This is the promise of God, to give all the captives their freedom, to open the doors of the prison, so all who are bound are released. This is the promise of God, to comfort the ones still in sorrow, replacing their ashes with gladness, their mourning with songs of rejoicing. This is the promise of God, that all the nations will witness the justice brought forth by the Lord and granted to all the faithful. Praise and rejoice to the Lord who gives us a promise and keeps it. Let us continue with the prayer of the day. Holy God, your justice is not what so many of us believe justice to be. Shake us out of our self-serving ideas and fears and open our eyes to a transformational justice whose outcome is the entire liberation and equality of all people without exception, that all your beloved children throughout the world might have life and have it abundantly. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And at this time, I would ask and encourage you to share the sign of peace where you bless with someone, yourself or someone worshiping with you today. You can do it by beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We now turn to the Holy Scriptures. And if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to turn with us and Follow along with the scripture readings. 
The first reading is from Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall till your land and dress your vines, but you shall be called priests of the Lord. You shall be named ministers of your God. You shall enjoy the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you shall glory. Because their shame was doubled and dishonor was proclaimed as their lot, therefore they shall possess a double portion. Everlasting joy shall be their, theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The second reading is from Luke 4, chapter, verses 16 through 21. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Well, good morning, boys and girls. It's now time for the children's message, and as I like to say, for all of us who are still children at heart. Have you ever had a parent or a teacher say to you, are you listening to me? Or maybe they were a little bit upset and they said, what did I just tell you? But if they really want you to listen, because you probably hadn't been listening earlier, then they say your first, your middle, and your last name before saying what they want you to hear. Has that ever happened to you? I ask you these questions to remind us that sometimes just sometimes we don't always listen. And other times, though we might hear what a person is saying, 
We don't always act on what those people are telling us. And guess what? Adults do the exact same thing. Which is why in today's scripture story, Jesus is telling the people that the good news that he's reading in the scripture will be fulfilled in their hearing. What Jesus means when he says this is this. If the people would listen to and then do what they hear being read in the scripture passage, then the good news would actually happen. The good news that we hear that would actually happen in today's scripture story is this. People would be able to see clearly. The not free would be free. Everyone would know and remember and remind each other of God's love and favor. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? In other stories, sometimes who we see making these same things happen is Jesus. But fulfilling scripture is not supposed to be a one-time thing or a one-person thing which is why Jesus is telling the people that they need to fulfill scriptures by hearing the scripture and then doing it. And this is also why Jesus invites us to follow him and learn from him how to be like him. Because when we follow Jesus, we learn from Jesus how to fulfill the scripture just like he does. And as we learn how to fulfill the scripture like Jesus did, we also learn how to better share God's healing, love, and forgiveness with each other. When we do that, the scripture is being fulfilled even more so, and the good news is happening. So could you please bow your head, fold your hands, and join me in prayer. Dear God, thank you for Jesus who encourages us then and now to show us how to fulfill the scriptures just like he did. Amen. Jesus calls his children dear, come to me and never fear, for he loves the little children of the world. I will take you by the hand, lead you to the better land. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every Jesus loves the little children of the world. Jesus is the shepherd true, and he'll always stand by you. For he loves the little children of the world. He's a savior great and strong, and he'll shield you from the wrong. For he loves the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little color every grace they are covered by his grace jesus loves the little children of the world i am coming lord to thee and your soldier i will be for your love's the little children of the world and your cross i'll always bear for you i'll do and dare for your love the little children of the world. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, they are covered by his grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world.
This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the narrative again, I'd like to share briefly what they write, and that God pushes the limits of everything we know in promising us justice, working across borders, barriers, generations, and in the person of Jesus, entire realities. The good news of deliverance that the prophet Isaiah relays in this passage is incredible in its depth. It describes a liberation with, with hardly any nuance or discrimination. A liberation that touches the brokenhearted, the oppressed, captives and prisoners, mourners and strangers. And we can assume anyone who is in any combination of those things or any combination of things remotely like them. So what we're hearing today is that God's justice is for everyone. This good news is also incredible in its breadth. Much as it heals the traumas unfolding in the present, this deliverance, this liberation, reaches back in time, healing the brokenness of the past. We are told that it looks forward as well, and that God's promise of righteousness is intended for generations to come. So what we're hearing today is that God's love for justice was and is, and is to be. In reflecting on our message today, it could be helpful to focus on Jesus's words in our secondary text from the Gospel according to Luke. He talks about fulfillment of the Hebrew Scriptures. In fewer words, he essentially tells them that he is, in his very person, the completion of a long-awaited cosmic plan. God loves justice so much that God will not limit a promise or pursuit of it to one community, one generation, or even one plane of existence. God is so ferocious about bringing justice into the world that God puts justice into a body that we could know, that we could experience, that we could understand. God dwelled among us for the sake of bringing justice to God's creation and God and promises to dwell among us again for the same exact reason. Where might we look to see the limitless justice of God today? I was reading again from uh, Cast Your Bread Upon the Waters and came upon this little story where she shares, somebody once asked Josiah Royce of Harvard, what is your definition of a Christian? The great philosopher answered, I don't know how to define that. Oh, but wait, he added, looking out of his window. There walks one in the person of Phillips Brooks. 
Dr. Brooks was his definition on two legs. What is intriguing or interesting, what an interesting way to look at the definition of a Christian. It would be interesting to have an outsider look at us and say, they are the definition of Christian. In reality, there are always people from the outside looking at us and saying, they are my definition of a Christian. The question then becomes, is it a good or bad definition? If it is a bad uh, definition, what can we change? Or if it's a good, how can we make it better? How do we become better disciples so people can see Jesus? To me, that's a burning question. And today there are just so many different illustrations where we see the good, bad. Uh, as my brother and I were traveling, we reminisced about our cousins and aunts and uncles and how the one side was very strict Haugi Lutheran and uh, very conservative. The other side, a little bit more moderate. How both of those shaped and moved us. Each had their own blessings to give us and some things probably weren't so helpful. As we listen to the news here recently, and we had June umpteenth, we had uh, a man who said, Christianity is the faith and America is the place slavery came to die. Not quite true. We love our country, but it is incorrect that slavery came to America to die. Spain, Great Britain, and France all abolished slavery ahead of the United States. And those countries accomplished that task without a bloody civil war fought by millions who killed and died in the cause of keeping black people in bondage. Instead, slavery flourished for more than two centuries. It became the backbone of our economy. It was a hard civil war. Frederick Douglass, uh, a freed slave, says, I love the pure, peaceable, and partial Christianity of Christ. But he also wrote, I therefore hate the corrupt slaveholding, women whipping, cradle plundering, partial and hypocritical Christianity of this land. For people, and Abraham Lincoln said it's interesting that both sides, those who are anti-slavery and those who are pro-slavery, used the Bible to defend why they did what they did. The text today, I think, would, I hope, move us to where we would change some of our thoughts about who this God is and how he lives and how we carry out being his disciples. How we can be the Christian and Christ-like person that Frederick Douglass talked about, the pure, peaceable, and impartial Christianity of Christ. That it would grow into our hearts and we would abolish some of the things that hold us in slavery and for sure hold others in slavery. Jesus is present, tense, moving amongst us. God is working today to touch the brokenhearted, the oppressed, the captive, the prisoner and mourners and strangers. 
In fact, as we read the Sermon on the Mount, so many of the things in our text again dealt with those same issues. And yet sometimes we kind of hate talking about those things because it's a little different than how we live. The ELCA has the theme, God's work, our hands. We need to understand what God's work is and what God's will is. Who is it that we're welcoming into our church? Who are we going to? And, and even if they never respond to the gospel, do we still love them? Even though they hate us, do we still care? And in our abundance, do we still give? In our poverty, would we give? I think, again, one of the things I see that is an uh, important task of the Christian is to tithe and to figure out how they can give more so they can help the world in all those areas. Gerhard Frost said, you can always tell where the priorities of a Christian are or a person is just by looking at the check stubs. Because where we spend our money a lot of times is where our heart is. Another story from Ruth Youngdahl Nelson, Bob Crabtree told that he was around her if there ever was one. One of the jobs he held illustrates perfectly how real hard and tough he really was. As an orderly in a mental hospital, he was assigned to the criminal ward. Then he fell in love. The girl was a Christian and was all decided that hers would be a Christian home. Swept off his feet by her loveliness, Bob did everything he knew to make sure that she'd be his. But as to her Christian commitment, he gave only lip service. Then jobs became scarce, and soon after their marriage, Bob was walking the streets, hoping against hope for a break. But every door slammed shut for him. Then his faith, his wife's faith, really got to him. God isn't dead, she said. God is still in his heaven, Bob. Let's you and get on our knees and really ask him to help. Doesn't he tell us that his eye is on the sparrow? Then it was that Bob caved in. With sobs, he prayed God to forgive his robber years, as he was wont to call them, remembering the penitent thief on the cross. And most of all, for his stony heart of unbelief. That very next day, he got a small job. It paid him $10. Sunday followed next, and he and his wife went to church together. Bob put one dollar on the plate, at which his wife whispered, Bob, couldn't you wait with the tithe until we see what's ahead? Bob's answer, but I promised God. Their faith was thoroughly tried many more than once. But God would add in conclusion, looking back, that was the beginning of all our blessings. And many years ago, back in Duluth, when Clarence and I began our lifelong habit of tithing, uh, we take our stand right alongside of Cherokee Bob to witness to the unnumbered blessings received. Man, objected a pal to his tither friend, you're crazy to give so much. First thing you know, you'll have nothing for yourself. <laughs> That'll never happen, came the answer back. For as fast as I shovel out, 
God shovels in. Only God's got a bigger shovel. Faith. Trying to have the heart of Christ that we reach out with our money, with our actions, with our very lives, to make a difference for the world so that justice can be proclaimed, liberty can happen, prisoners can be set free, and we can be Christ-like and a definition of Christ on two legs, walking this earth in peace, love, and justice. Walk in peace, my friend, as you share God's love. Amen. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for the heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he his eye is on the sparrow and i know he watches me his eye is on the sparrow and i know he watches me i sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let not thy heart be his tender word I hear, and resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though by thy path he leadeth, but one step I may see is I. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow, and I know. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when song gives place to sighing, when hope within me dies, I draw 
together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Listen to your children praying, Lord, send your spirit in this place, Lord, listen to your children praying, send us love, send us valuable than expensive clothes or symbols of status is the robe of righteousness with which you cover us. Teach us to treasure the gifts of your kingdom blessings more than material things. God of inspiration, in mercy hear our prayer. Just as the earth brings forth shoots and a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, you will keep your promise to renew all of creation even after all the damage it has suffered. Make us co-creators of your reconciling work, defenders of living things and the environment which supports them. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. Those who mourn will one day celebrate again. Heal all those struggling with grief, regret, sadness, or any sort of illness, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Jean Hoisington, Matt Crera, Ida Martinson, 
Becky Anderson, Randy Goglin, Shirley Lenz, Helen Jorgensen. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. Build up and restore ruined relationships and shattered connections with those from whom we feel distanced. Forgive harmful words and actions and teach us to value love and compassion above the need to be right and to justify ourselves. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. We remember with gratitude all the saints who boldly shared their faith, and we pray to be as bold in our own proclamation of your gospel. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. We lift these and all those we name in our hearts up to you, loving God, trusting in the promise of your mercy through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power, send us We continue with the offering. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. The offering prayer is gracious and holy God. Bless these tithes and offerings that we may have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son to be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. We'll continue with an offering song. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the big round world. In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the wind and the rain. In his hands, he's got the sun and the moon. In his hands, he's got the wind and the rain. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the tiny little baby. In his hands, he's got the helpless little baby. In his hands, he's got the tiny little baby. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got you and me, sister. In his hands, he's got you and me, brother. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. He's got everybody in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power, 
and a love shown to us through Jesus' Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Before we have communion today, uh, one of the beautiful pictures from a movie that I was watching was where the state church was struggling with these uh, people who were having home worship and weren't uh, following the rules of the church. And they came in and raided and the people in their big robes came and they gathered around this group that was having communion. And there was one man that was receiving communion and the uh, priest looked at him and said, look, see what kind of a person you have here that's not worthy. And the guy looked up at him and smiled. He had very few teeth and wine was running down his beard. And in light of the words that we heard from Isaiah and from Jesus today, I think he was worthy. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and love shown to us through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Do this as oft as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the wine, gave thanks, and gave it to all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer, and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus, the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever time, God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day. 
Thank you for listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. No matter what may be